it's very important for music to be relatable to the child in a way that is uh, fun, rewarding, um, and that is connected to something that they understand or is meaningful to them. Because there's a connectivity from the creation of the music to the listener. It's part of who we are. It's part of our DNA. This is a really exciting episode for me. In part, because it taps into a topic that I'm really personally interested in with respect to my own child, whose intense interest in music both amazes me and totally surpasses my skill set in every possible way, leaving me often feeling really ill-equipped to support him. But also, this episode really excites me because the person who's joining me to answer my questions about supporting children's relationships to music happens to leave me a bit starstruck. (laughs) Mark Joseph has spent his entire life and career as a musician. He just released a solo album, Vegas Motel, that really showcases his talents as a singer, songwriter, and collaborator. He also happens to be guitarist for The Big Woo, which is a band that I have loved since I was a teenager growing up in Minnesota. So I'm super honored to have him here and also a little bit fangirling out right now. So bear with me. The reason, the reason I asked Mark to join the show, besides being a very talented musician, is that he's also a father of three, a big kid and two little kids, and they love music. And I really wanted to pick his brain a bit about how he supports their love of music and how he integrates music into his parenting. I think there can be a fine line to walk when we're supporting our kids' passions between providing them a lot of resources to learn skills and sort of not overdoing it on the structure in a way that can take the fun out of it. So we really still want these interests to be child-led, and that can be hard as things like lessons and practice and expectations start to get added into the mix. And I wanted to hear his take on that. And in this episode, Mark and I are going to talk about intrinsic motivation, childhood, and supporting their musical interests. We're going to talk about the parallels of music and parenting, both of which require us to be attuned to others, and the importance of the arts in our children's lives. He's going to share his own personal experience of finding resilience, self-actualization, and never losing his love of music. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Dr. Sarah Bren a clinical psychologist and mom of two. In this podcast, I've taken all of my clinical experience, current research on brain science and child psychology, and the insights I've gained on my own parenting journey, and distilled everything down into easy to understand and actionable parenting insights so you can tune out the noise and tune into your own authentic parenting voice with confidence and calm. This is Securely Attached. Hi, so I'm just like really excited to introduce this guest today because this is this is an unusual episode, I think, for Securely Attached Podcast. This is a different take on things, and I'm like really kind of pumped to introduce Mark Joseph. He is he's the one of the guitarists for a band that I actually grew up like loving back home in Minnesota. There were like I grew up going to concerts and we randomly connected in like the funniest way at a wedding (laughs) where, you know, we got into this amazing conversation about music and kids. And so first I just want to say, welcome, welcome to coming to the podcast. Nice. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is like, it's a big, it's a big honor to have you here. And also I think one of the reasons why I thought it'd be so cool to have an episode on this is because, you know, I bring a lot of like, psychologists and mental health professionals and child development experts on this show. And I don't think we get a take from, from, you know, the world that you come from as much. And I, can you share a little bit about like sort of your story, what you do and, and as both as a musical professional, but also as a father? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I've been in the music business, uh, full time since 2003 um, I tour and perform, sing, play guitar all over the country and the world. Um, I, uh, I'm a father of three. Um, I've got a, my oldest is 19. I've got a three-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. And uh, they've, uh, you know, they've grown up with me on the road, um, you know, and uh, that reality. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I run a production company as well. So I've done everything from booking, management, 
um, tour management, uh, and also performing, working with artists, marketing, promotion, you name it. We're living in the do-it-yourself era, so I do a little bit of everything, you know, depending on what's what's happening at the time. And uh, it's been a it's been a wild run. Uh, it's a living dream what I'm doing, and I remind myself of that uh, every day, um, even when it's especially when it's really hard, you know. But um, <laughs> this is all a dream I dreamt when I was a, when I was a kid. And I found guitar and I wanted to uh, make music my uh, my reality, my living. And, uh, and, you know, it's a blessing that I'm still able to do it. And it's still going here all these years later. So Yeah. And you make amazing music. Like you're really, really talented. And I think one of the reasons I, I love the music that you guys do, the, your band is called The Big Woo. And you're a Minnesota, just homegrown band that I grew up with. But it's a very, you know, that kind of music is so connected. You are always, it's a jam kind of situation where you're always kind of paying yeah. attention and tuned into each other and you're having a conversation, like a live Absolutely. conversation through instruments. Yep. Yep. And it's, uh, that's kind of that particular band's part of their pedigree is to never do things the same, same the twi twice in a row, you know, always keeping it fresh and allowing um organic sort of uh, musical situations to develop you know when they do that's so. awesome but it's, what i something was... it's different yeah it's <laughs> it not is. like your average you know it's not your normal a lot of bands play things and they're like this is the start this is the end this is how it all goes it's all planned out and the big was very much not not like that and i actually enjoy it uh, very much for that reason it keeps it creative. Well, it requires you to be paying attention and like be really emotionally connected to each other and present. Absolutely. Yep. You have to be present. You have to be listening. It's all about listening. Um, and then sharing musical space. You know, you can't, music has to be, you know, when they say in concert, we always talk about concerts like, oh, we're going to a concert. But it's about for performing music by being in concert. You know, it's, that's what it really means. In concert is together. It's organized, it's coordinated, and it's sharing that musical space. Absolutely being present for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's so many parallels to that and parenting. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. one of the reasons why I was like, would you come on this podcast and talk is because I like was really actually really interested in your perspective on as a parent, as a musician, as someone who really understands both the, you know, the world of music and musical education, but also understands how to, you know, your kids are part of, are very involved in the way that you, you know, live out your music. How do you, as parent, as a parent, nurture a relationship that your child has to music without it going into that space of like, it starts being work, it stops being fun. Like, I think I was even asking you because I have my son who's also almost four. He's so interested in guitar. He's fascinated by it. He loves watching people play guitar. He loves to pretend to play the guitar. And we've thought about yeah. giving him musical lessons. And I'm ambivalent because from what I know about intrinsic motivation and building a child's like really real, true, authentic interest in something and passion for something, like sometimes lessons make it diverge from that and i do i'm sure. worried about making it too much like okay it's time to practice your instrument now and just making yeah. it not fun and how do you walk that line as a parent and as a musician yeah this is a it's a great uh question and subject uh which is something that i'm intrigued by i have my own experiences as, as a child um i started to learn piano at age six um, and I stuck with it about age six to eight. In my experience um, in that, when I, when I was young, was that I love piano and I took to it. I can still play piano to this day, but I didn't stick with it because I was learning music that I couldn't identify with, um, music I didn't, wasn't familiar with. It just so happened. We didn't know this at the time, neither did my parents, but um, it, you know, it turns out that I play by ear. I, that's really the sort of the, um, the key to my musical world is listening. I can, I have a gift of recall. I can, so at the time there was no recall there. I'm playing mm -hmm. old German waltzes that I had never heard before. I couldn't relate to it. And it, therefore it didn't interest me. Um, 
you know, and as we come to find later, once I find, you know, I picked up a guitar when I was 11 and this has been my whole life, you know? So it's kind of, that was a missed opportunity then. Not that anybody could really do anything about it. That's part of life. You live and you learn and you grow, right? But what I, what I learned from that, and I've, uh, that lesson, the lesson I learned from that was that I think that it's very important for, uh, for music to be relatable to the child in a way that is uh, fun, rewarding, um, and that is connected to something that they understand or is meaningful to them. And that's where music is different from other things. Um, and I, there are differences in art between music, uh, different mediums art, between music, graphic art, sculpting, you name it. They all have their own um, uh, sort of elements to them that, that make them stand out is terms in terms of like, how you accomplish doing the act, how you get better at it, how you learn, and then also the interaction with an audience. And that's where music is so special because there's a connectivity from the creation of the music to the listener. And that's what's so awesome about it. That's why people are obsessed with music. That's why we dance. That's why mm -hmm. it's a uh, community. It's, uh, we congregate with music, you name it. Um, it's part of who we are. It's part of our DNA. And um, I find that, for children to to really connect in through music, it has to be a has to be a, a sort of a platform where they can feel comfortable to be themselves, right? That's mm -hmm. where kids are kids are hilarious because they don't have any pretense of like what's cool and what isn't or who should I be. Well, they they are who they are. They're kids, and that's why they're great, and that's why we look at them and where our hearts are melted by them because it's it's a pure. Um, it's a, it's their heart is pure. It comes out, the music comes out just like their jokes or acting funny or goofy or whatever. And I think that it's the same with music that you have to sort of find ways to make it fun, to keep it positive, especially when they're young, because then you're going to find what they, you know, what they're, what they really are interested in as you progress, right? Like, you know, if they're into drums, it's going to be obvious, you know, especially if you provide them with different instruments to experiment with a fun environment to do it in and, um, and no real expectations. There's no real outcome. It's just like positivity and, and, uh, enjoy it, you know? See that, like, I really like that because I talk a lot on here about the idea of, of process over product in general, when, cause, cause I do a lot of education with parents on how to foster intrinsic motivation in our kids, whether it's okay. to, you know, learn in school, whether it's to feel accomplished in a skill, whether it's to like feel good in friendships, whether it's to, to be musical, whatever it is, it's not about the outcome. So, um, it's really yeah. about helping them create an awareness of the process. How does it feel in my body when I'm doing these things? What is it like to struggle with this? How do I, when I do struggle, keep going, right? Versus sure. did I get that right? Did I make it win? You know, did I, did I fix the problem? And I think with what you're talking about with music is like, if we are really focused as parents on, on being attentive to and, and nurturing the part of our child and having our child kind of coach them in reflecting on what it feels like to make music, what it feels like to play this sure. instrument like this and this instrument like this and what's, you know, versus being like, now we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. We're going to practice this for, you know, the next half hour. And the goal is to learn this song. Sure. And if you do that, you get the sticker in your sticker book. Sure. Like, ah, uh, that makes my, that, that makes me anxious. <laughs> Just thinking. Or like, how much, how much fun can we have learning this song? You know, like there's different, you know, there's different ways to do it. Music is multifaceted. So there's so many different um, elements into, in learning. And truly, I love that what you said about, um, when you're working with uh, with people about like the process, working through a process, what is like like for me, it's like like when you come to something you're struggling with, how do we how do we find the motivation to push through it, or like what is our like identifying the rewards too? Like, sure, not everything in life is easy. Learning a skill is hard. What's the trick to get you through to not quitting and then keeping go you know keep going and keep getting through it? I mean, I. Like I say this all the time at all of my rehearsals, I talk about it frequently because we have to, for the amount of work that I do, I, you know, I do 150 to 200 shows a year. That mean, that's just the shows. 
there's the driving, there's the rehearsals, there's the personal practice time. There's all these different elements that go into making that possible. And so I find, I find myself in rehearsal spots a lot with a lot of different personalities and people who have different motivations. Mm-hmm. Some people dread rehearsal. They think it's the worst. It's uh, that's the work. A lot of guys like to say that, Oh, that's, that's what we really get paid for is the working and sitting there in rehearsal and blah, blah, blah. I always tell them, for me, it's quite the opposite because it's just an attitude choice that I have. It's the way I look at music. I think it's a blessing to be able to play music. And so when I'm in rehearsal, I love rehearsal because I'm getting to learn something new and I'm challenging myself and I enjoy the process. I invest myself in the process. And then when a day's over, I'm saying, wow, that was, that was, that was a lot of work, but now I know all these songs. Now I knew the new music and it's, that's a beautiful thing. And the experience is good because that's what you love. You know, if you enjoy doing it, then you can find a reason to keep going and push through the difficult parts, you know, yeah. reminding ourselves that it's fun ultimately, you know, that maybe, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think, I also keep, think yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think embodying that yourself is just, is, is maybe more important even than telling your kid that like, if you oh, sure. can approach Absolutely. your children's, time with the music as what are we going to learn today? What are we going to figure out today? How are we going to make this as fun as possible today versus, you know, I got to get them to think about how fun it's going to be because really I'm like, Oh, here we go. Got 30 minutes of piano practice up ahead and it's going to be work. Um, Like modeling it, embodying it ourselves is probably more important than trying to get our kids to embody because they'll, if we, if we own it, if we say like, oh my God, I'm so excited to do 30 minutes with you and like watch you like yeah. see what you make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm here and I'm paying attention and I'm curious, but I'm not running the show because I'm letting you kind yeah. of lead. Then our yeah. kids are going to yeah. feel that too. Absolutely. And like finding the motivators, everybody's got different motivators, right? I mean, some people love to work towards a goal and to end up someplace, right? Other people... um, maybe more introverted people. And this is where you could probably advise me on this, but I would imagine, you know, introverted people maybe enjoy just the pleasure of doing something. They don't need to have an outcome or to perform a concert or, uh, you know, what have you. Other people do. Um, I guess personally, and yeah, and I think it's, again, like music is music and art is a, is a, uh, it's an individual expression. Um, music means different things to different people. So finding your approach to, sharing music with your children as a, not just in a uh, teacher's uh, sort of, or teaching student sort of environment, but also like as a family in mm. our, in our family, music is ever present all the time, 24 seven. doesn't matter. It could be six in the morning. It could be three in the morning. It doesn't matter. It's always there. We're always jamming. We're always hanging out. You know, my oldest daughter, Kaya, she plays saxophone and, and sings and is very musically attuned, uh, uh, young person and she um you know she's always got the new song that she can't wait to share with me she's always like papa i heard this song you just have to hear it you know and it's so it, so it's like in our family music is always like that's part of how i approach maybe it's maybe it's me maybe it's us you know it's all the above but the way we look at it is like music's always there as part of what we're doing daily so it's never like to pick up an instrument is not like it's like you just like same as you would go to have lunch you know it's just someone yeah. it's anything you do naturally all day now other families are i understand like everybody's different and i understand like uh, some families are going to be much more um scheduled and structured than than maybe ours is and uh and that's fine and again it's just about finding your flow finding your you know creative way of making it uh, a positive experience you know um and again when i say that i always think about like well what's the opposite of that well i guess like maybe like you know the virtual like the young mozarts playing at four years old and to the king and queen of england well i, I think that's the extreme extreme end of this like i think most people are gonna use music as a as a as a uh you know us uh personality builder as a connect you know communication it's got all those different you know skills and building skills and for me it's all about keeping it positive you know yeah and I, but i do but i think well okay the the young mozarts you know those those musical savant kids that can just that that do live breathe eat and sleep music um oftentimes because their parents make them 
right? Or that, or that it's just it. The pressure is incredibly high. Yeah, I think that is like a very, very you know extreme end of the spectrum. But I think that there is stuff that's close to that that exists, where it's like we we really as parents have to check in and say, am I doing this because my child is truly excited by this, or am I doing this because I'm projecting some wish or desire I have onto an outcome for them that I'm you know, fantasizing about and how as parents can we do that work of saying, who is this for? And if it is. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, that isn't, I see that a lot um, on different levels. I know we talked some this before when we talked as well, like this is, this is a big part of it. This is where the, uh, the parent has to take a long, hard look at themselves and make sure they're being honest with themselves and the way that they interact with their child. You know, and this goes up, not just music either. This goes in, it could be sports, it could be, uh, it could be uh, academic goals. You know, we see that a lot, right? I mean, our country is obsessed with college. You know, we're convinced that college is the only, at least this is kind of my two cent take on it, but I see that most parents can't imagine a world where their kid doesn't, doesn't go to college. Like, ooh, that's, that's the path to, you know, your self destruction or whatever. And maybe that's true for some people. Probably is. However, I don't think that there's only, there's no one road in, in this life to, for everybody. Everybody's got their own path. You have to find your own path. The people mm-hmm. who search out their own path and do it honestly and truly, this goes for parents and kids, um, I think end up with a more rewarding and happy, ultimately happy life in that they are where they're supposed to be. We've all seen it a million times. We've seen the parents who go, and get the master's degree and they've been running down the highway 120 miles an hour since they were 15 years old because they either their parents told them what they're going to do or convinced them of it or maybe they thought they knew what they wanted and then they find out later that that's not what they want how many people do we know i mean we I'm, we've all met them you know um i'm a people person so i like i talk to people i get their stories like a lot of people that spent 10 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars on their education. And now they work in, you know, now they work, they're a farmer or now they, mm-hmm. um, now they, uh, they, they care for, uh, you know, for the elderly and things like that. Because in the end uh, we want to, we want to find meaning in our lives. You know, we want yes. it to mean something and something that means something to us. And in, in the end of the day, money comes and goes, you know, and uh, yet, however, you know, back to sort of what we're talking about. It's like, we're, we, we get obsessed with money. We get obsessed with like the bills or the anxiety of said bills. Right. I mean, we can't, it's hard for us to break away from those things. So sometimes like, for instance, like if you have a regimen in a day and you're like, everything has to fall into these little 30 minute or hour long increments, but music might start feeling like a chore to your kids, or if you're just adult, even adult trying to learn a instrument. And I've seen that a lot too. I know a lot of uh, adults that would really, really love to learn how to play guitar, but man, they just cannot get over the hump because they, it's, they can't give, allow themselves the freedom to have some time, extra time, maybe on certain times or and that's part of learning too. Like sometimes you, when you're learning, you get on a, you get on a, a good run and you're like, this is great. And I want more of this. Well, that's the moment you gotta, you gotta run with it. You know, mm-hmm. like when, you know, kids, when they start reading, right. And it clicks for them. And then they're just like, they can't put the book down. Well, that's a really great opportunity. And I think that's the point, like, for instance, that's a point where like the kids should be allowed to read a bunch right then. Cause they're totally, they found what they love about it. And then that, mm-hmm. that's it. That's what we've been searching for. That's the, that's the jump point, you know? So like, go with it, you know? yeah. I, lo- I think that's so yeah. true. And I yeah. think that that's talking about that natural ability to tune into our kids. And when they are, they will show us, right? When they have an interest that's coming like really authentically from within them, they can't not do it, right? Absolutely. They're going to show you they need it all the time. And I think as parents, sometimes we get in our way by saying, let me put some boundaries around when you can do these things or let me. Right. M- you know, maybe I'm not being as mindful as I could be about the schedule that I'm creating and how much that schedule might be a barrier to you being able to do this when, when your kind of feeling strikes, right? Is your child so scheduled that they don't really have time to play around and the playing can be musical. The playing can be maybe they're really like 
want to kind of experiment with how things work and tinker and and maybe they're yeah. like budding engineers right like yeah. it doesn't we don't really know where it's going to go if we but we got to get out of their way sure I, i've heard you say that a few times and i agree i agree completely I mean, there's a time, you know, we have to show our kids the way we have to teach them right from wrong. We have to you know, make sure they know how to, you know, eat good food and how to stay clean. And so these are things that every parent has to do. But the rest of it, yeah, you have to let the child develop into who the person they were born to be, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that's really, I do believe that to be true. And, uh, you know, my, you know, I always, uh, these days when I'm thinking about things, thinking about life, you know, cause we're always growing and evolving, right? Even us, you know, mm-hmm. we're old, old people, right? Whatever. Uh, you know, we're always still growing. We're still kids, you know? And so like, I try to think back on my life and like reflect on things like, well, what did, what did that, what was that like for me? Or like, you know, when I was 21, like, what was I going through? What was that experience like? And, you know, like, I find like that when I look back and think, well, what would I have do differently? It's like, I would give myself a break. I would let myself sort of like, I was, I was real hard on myself as a kid. You know what I mean? It was like this expectation to be, to be successful, I guess. It was like, and for me, I'm, maybe this would be a good takeaway for the show here. Like I decided I was going to be a musician by age 16. I mean, I decided that was it. I knew that's what I was going to do. I had no plans for college per se. Um, my mother really wanted me to go to music school, but I, I didn't, I just, we went and visited it. It just wasn't right for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a kind of person who learns by doing something. So mm-hmm. the more I do it, the more I learn, you know, I do well with uh, smaller settings. You know, I have a mild form of dyslexia. I'm not ashamed to share that. It's true. Uh, something we found out when I was young. And uh, it's actually served me to know that I have that because I, now I, you know, now I don't like feel, oh, I'm, you know, I used to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not very smart or why can't I do this? Or why am I not good at math? Or why do I reverse numbers and things like that? Well, mm-hmm. I know why I do because it's part of who I am. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's natural. And so the more I've actually known that I embrace it, you know, I have no shame in that. And like sharing that and understanding that, like I look back and think, man, you know, like I was just a kid trying to figure it all out. Meanwhile, all this pressure from my family and the people around me being like the common thing at family gatherings would be like, oh, hey, Mark, how you doing? I so I'm doing good. Uh, what's going on with you? And like, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm full time in the music business now for two years. You know, and I'm really excited about it, proud about it. And the, always the, the automatic response from most people would be, oh, so how's that going for you? You know, this kind of like mm. assumption that you're going to fail, that was a mistake. What a pipe dream. What a what a ridiculous choice to make for your life. And um, it really makes uh, makes you resilient if you really believe it, you know. And I'm kind of a t- – I was raised to be tough in mi- different ways. Like some on purpose for my mother, other parts of just my life experience made me kind of tougher than maybe, maybe than most. Or I'm tough in my own way sort of. And, uh, you know, I was resilient. If I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And, and I, so I stuck with it despite all that doubt that was sort of put on me or cast upon me, you know? And, um, I don't know. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. People can find Mm -hmm. their own path. They can do what they're supposed to do in this life. And, uh, you know, I, I do think like when I think back on the younger version of me, like, well, maybe, I wonder if I wasn't as strong as I am or if I had the self-confidence that I was give, was sort of uh, taught to me by my mother. Like, would I have, uh, would I have stayed with it? What would have happened? You know, here I am now, I'm 39 years old now. Like I've recorded six full length records. I've toured all over the world. I'm raising three kids. Everybody's doing mm-hmm. great. What mm-hmm. would have happened if I had maybe uh, listened to that doubt or didn't uh, believe in myself enough? And I'm, there's a lot of people are, you know, may have, may have given up. And, and that's, and that's, uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, we're, people are brilliant. You know, I believe all people have ability to be amazing and to do what they want with their life. So, you know, um, I don't know. It's all very interesting. Everybody's got their own path, I guess. You know? Yeah. And I think one of the things that you keep saying that makes me keep going back to this thought is this idea of like, as a society, we, I think we get really distracted by achievement and I think we yep. mistakenly think that that's the goal. 
and I actually likes think, and shares and clicks, right? Right. Especially or, now, or yeah. even or even the college degree or the great paying yeah. job, um, and those are wonderful things if if that's what's right for you. But at the end of the day, I actually don't think achievement is what makes us happy. I think self actualization is what makes us happy, yeah. and so yeah. if we as a parent inadvertently push achievement, 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 achievement. Instead of self-actualization, the reality is, is if you are really self-actualized, achievement tends to follow, right? If you are living your truth, if you are following things that light you up and that make you want to keep going and doing and withstanding struggle, you're going to achieve in life because you can't not, right? You, you can't, you won't stop. But when when our goal first is achievement, then that's that self-actualization piece, if that's not nurtured, then as soon as we hit a roadblock, we're going to be like, well, never mind. This is too hard. Um, let me switch to a different, easier thing to achieve. Or let me try this thing that I'm going to get. And it, we're sure. always oriented outside of ourselves. And we're just jumping around to the thing that we think is going to make us finally get the kind of validation that, we, that would make us, we think, feel good. Instead of having this internal drive, and nurture. So as parents, I think it's our job to really stop worrying about achievement. Achievement will come. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad word. But if it's the goal and it's the focus, we can accidentally derail our child's progress towards it because really we want to nurture our self-actualization. Absolutely. Um, wow, that is that is so true. Um, as I sit here and think about my life, right, we think about naturally when you achieve something great you, you're like oh you know you want to share it with everybody you want to tell everybody but you know there's more you know just this a simple achievement is is that really happiness is that really what the goal of life is and like i like to ask myself like like if you can know the difference you can look at a day and say this was a really good day look at what we did today or like what look at what we accomplished like even looking at your child and watch them accomplish something like uh, not uh, not not an achievement per se, but just mm-hmm. make progress. Like mm-hmm. like every day, making progress is pushing you towards an achievement or a goal of some sort. And we can't just dis- discredit uh, that, you know. Or just because I didn't get a thousand likes on Instagram today doesn't mean anything at all. It literally doesn't. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It's a platform. It's it's nothing. It's. Uh, and we obsess, kids especially obsess about this stuff, and that's dangerous. Um, you know, was I a good person today? Did I do mm-hmm. something kind for someone? Did I make somebody smile today? Um, did I think about others? Was I, uh, you know, was I selfless at any point today? Things like that should be honored too, as much as any kind of achievement. You yeah. know, being a good person is just as important as uh, any kind of uh, any kind of skill or uh, or achievement you can get in this life. You know. It should be the be, being kind of, uh, award or something. You know, I don't know, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it, but you know, that, but that I'd add to that, that it's not just about being kind to others that we want to help our kids do. It's about being kind to themselves. Like, yeah. did I do something for me today that felt good because it felt good, right? If I'm playing this instrument to bring it back to music, Absolutely. am I doing it? Cause I think mom's going to be really proud of me or am I yeah. doing it because God, that felt so good to like, yeah really make that sound and like get, get whatever I'm feeling inside my body out through this instrument. Like that sure. is what I want my kid to be looking sure. at a guitar and thinking. Um, not because, Oh, you know, every time I pick up the guitar, mom gets like so excited. It's like, sure. and I do, cause I get so sure. excited cause I love sure. seeing and my adorable three-year-old yeah. the guitar. That's why it's all positive because music is good like that. Like we get to share music with other people. And that's the beauty of it. So it's okay to be excited. It's okay for a, a, a child to want to perform for their parents. That's a, that's totally mm-hmm. natural and that's positive. It might not be the driver for everybody. I think the warning the warning sign is where a parent wants wants it for themselves more than anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, to touch on the self love thing, that is the key, and in, in I believe the key to, to to true happiness in this life is to learn how to love yourself. To truly love yourself is to love is to be able to love. Period. If you can't love yourself, you you truly not gonna be able to love anybody, mm-hmm. and um and then also that leads to everything else like sharing uh, positivity or love through music, using things you know being able to express love through through different mediums, no matter what it is. Um and to touch quick on music like how special music is, 
compared to some other, um, not not that anything was better or or worse or anything, but music is unique because of the energy, the energy exchange and the real time exchange in music. You play the song, somebody's sitting right there listening. It happens in real time. That's a really rewarding thing and a beautiful thing. And um, oftentimes I, I look at, uh, my grandfather's a graphic artist, sculptor, painter. And the difference between our experiences is that he'll, he would, he would spend a month on a painting on his own, you know, without mm-hmm. that, in, that, any of that immediate gratification or exchange of energy, you know? And it's, so their world, their reality is very different. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, it's all positive. It's all different art forms, but maybe one what I'm trying to say is one of the great benefits of music is that um, through that, that, that uh, real time connection that happens while mm-hmm. you play, you can, uh, it can build confidence. It can, um, it can, uh, it creates happiness because you're sharing something so, so uh, uh, organic. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, it's community, right? Because we can sing together, you know, the togetherness, the connectivity, you know. Um, and, you know, again, like on the worst day, I think we talked about this last time we talked about like On the worst day, like no matter what, like, you know, you have a child that's, that's struggling, you're going through something. Once you get to the point where there's not, you t- you said everything you can say, you've tried, you've tried everything you've tried. Sometimes you can take a break and just put on your favorite song and just sit there and hug mm-hmm. each other or talk or sing together that's a it's a community point sometimes it's the i mean life is crazy sometimes you meet people you don't get along with at all except when we can just jam out and listen to a song you know maybe yeah. that you know and that's fine there's that's fine you know i yeah. i think it's a great place to meet up you know in the middle on yeah. so many different levels so, yeah. but you've talked to me too about this idea you've ta- referred to music as like a sacred place Absolutely. and and i think it's interesting because we were talking about it originally as like okay if you really trust your child like if you're really interested in your child's musical interests if you can trust them and just really like let them go with it that 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 kind of trust is it's very parallel to like just any kind of trust that exists in the parent-child relationship and really thinking about as as a unit like because you're talking about music is it's relational right it's a it's a two-person experience even if you're listening alone in your room to a song. There's a relationship happening between the, the artist and you in that moment, right? Sure. Even yeah. if it's asynchronous. Yes. Yeah. Music message. is inherently relational. Yep. And and I think understanding that you can use music as a tool within the parent-child relationship yeah. is also really helpful. Sure. Yeah. You see it in kids show kids shows all the time. When the lesson's about to be taught, they sing it. You know? Sesame Street, it's easy. music, it helps, it helps, it helps connect. It's, uh, it makes learning fun in some ways, especially for young children, you know. Um, it is a sacred place, though. And what I meant by that, too, is that um, there's a time when, when my oldest daughter was struggling, you know, and she was going through some hard things. And, and, um, and, and again, like I said, when all, everything that's been said is said, you don't know what to do. Maybe you just feel stuck. Sometimes in life, we feel totally stuck. You know, that means you're going to get through this day and tomorrow you'll wake up and we're going to keep working on it. We're going to figure it out. We're going to keep moving down the road and, and, and look for solutions and grow and learn as people. But in that moment, when you feel stuck and there's nowhere to go and you don't know what to do, you can always push play on your favorite song and hold hold your daughter's hand, or hold your son's hand, hug each other, go on a walk, play the boom box pick up a guitar, sing your favorite song and feel free, be free from that because you have the control to do that too. And music can take us, um, n- not so much away, but it can bring us together in a way we can use the community of music and music is special like that because it communicates through, uh, it's transcendence really. I mean, I do believe that and it's, you know, mm-hmm. the spirituality, religion, whatever it is you believe in this life, I feel a very powerful spiritual connection through music as well. And it brings me to, um, I mean, I can, I can talk to my, my grandparents who have passed away many years ago in, in certain ways. I feel them. I feel their energy. Um, that's what the power of a song is. You can re- listen to Mozart and Beethoven now and feel spiritual, uh, you know, movements. You can feel things. I mean, that's what music is and that's why it's so powerful. It can be used as a way to come together, even when you're in, in distress. You know? Yeah. 
It's also regulating for the nervous system. I mean, that oh, yeah, kind of sensory sure. input helps actually calm our nervous system down. I mean, there's a reason yeah. why mothers instinctively hum to their babies and it's because it activates the parasympathetic nervous system in us the singer and also in the person who's hearing those vibrations and hearing that like actual like it's it really does calm down our nervous systems oh yeah so the science backs it all as you know the science backs it up on multiple levels even to when if you go to a bass heavy uh dance party or rave your pulse will fall in time with the beat. It's crazy. I mean, it's what it is. That's why people are hypnotized by music because it's a very powerful, uh, very powerful medium, and it's part of who our DNA. Like, it's been there for you know for thousands of years. It's in it's in us. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like even just when I thought about having this conversation with you and I was like, I was like, I'm going to have a conversation with someone from the big woo. Like I was so fangirling out because I was like this because because I have some of the most incredible memories like encoded in my body from listening to that music when I was a kid. You know, I would go to those concerts when I was like 13, 14, 15. Well, maybe not 13. I think my first concert was when I was 15 years old. And I, but I remember that so powerfully and that music makes me happy. And it's that stuff is like, it's encoded in our body. Yes. And those are, you know, at that age too. I mean, those experiences are, uh, are, uh, defining in your life it help you know make, makes us who we are um uh, in a lot of ways um and that's you know that that's probably maybe a, another whole episode there as well <laughs> yeah but like young people going to experience music too is also very important um and i've had a lot of the greatest experience of my life when i was young going to shows going to you know to be in the audience to experience something like that um, you know, there's many different examples I can think of, but it, they're definitely, uh, help define us. They help us grow as people. Um, it can be scary going to a big show by yourself, you know, that's a confidence builder, figuring it out, mm-hmm. working through it, you know, um, all that. I see a lot of anxiety about that. You know, yeah. I used to be real self-conscious when I was young and, um, and certainly music helped me work through a lot of that as well, you know? So we just played a, uh, what we call a pop-up show, just a backyard party uh, for some friends of ours this Saturday. And uh, all the kids were together and we were there, just very, you know, very small environment. And um, my three-year-old daughter, Magnolia, came on stage and she sang Three Little Birds by Bob Marley with, with us. And she did great. It was really beautiful. And uh, we were talking about it and we're like, you know, I think it's time to get a little microphone and a little speaker for the kids so they can practice singing on a microphone. Cause that's a whole nother thing, you know, singing up cause they, you can sing all day, but once you get on a microphone, you're like, Oh, you get real, you know, kind of like freeze. You don't know what to do. And so, yeah, we decided we're going to get, uh, we're going to get both uh, Magnolia and leave on their own little microphones so they can practice singing in the basement and uh, you know, kind of get, get comfortable on a microphone. You know? so. Yeah. Yeah. Which also speaks to the idea of like exposure and helping them experiment with new materials, right? Like it's whether we're talking about music or we're talking about anything. Like I always think it's helpful for kids to have practice with materials a lot in a lot of different oh, yeah. forms to help them yeah. feel confidence. So like if you've got a kid who's starting first grade, you know, having them play with some of the things they're going to be playing with in their first grade classroom, right? And sure. if you want yeah. your kid to be able to be interested and facilitate, then nurture that relationship to music, you know, you know, giving them lots of variety of things like, you know, a microphone that makes that sound and getting to experiment with the kinds of sounds the microphones can make, you know, having drums and having, like, I don't know. I just feel like that variety, not limiting it. For sure. And percussion is, uh, is an integral part. Rhythm and percussion is an integral part of all music. So you can get a little percussion kit. We're talking, I mean, for expenses, expensive is toys are and stuff. You can get a little percussion kit for very, very little. And we're talking 10 bucks. You can get like 10 different noisemakers, all, you know, little uh, clackers and little shakers and all kinds of different stuff. And that can be a, that's, you know, that percussion's easy, you know, it's, it's rhythm. It's all there. It's fun for kids. It makes funny noises. You know, that's one, uh, that's an easy one right there. You know, there's also, um, there's also every community has uh, uh child development music classes of different kinds. Just let's, you know, check your, uh, check your local resources and uh, see what's out there. But usually there's some community driven classes that are uh, usually pretty affordable and really fun too, because the kids can get together and do that. Um, there's even um, over the pandemic, we um, I participated in a number of uh, kids music classes that were interactive. 
So um, the kids would clap along or be singing, you know, we would, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of different ways you can uh, sort of create a variety of options for your kids to uh, enjoy music, to experiment with music and uh, get more familiar. Yeah, indeed, before they go into the classroom setting. Too, so. Yeah. Okay. So my big takeaways from this, oh, God, there's so many, I like don't even know, but like, I think we really, really talked a lot about the intrinsic motivation of music and not kind of getting in their way. And like really fostering that and also giving them this sort of rich variety without a lot of pre pre like prescriptive outcomes tied to it. Like we're going to learn this song now versus here's a bunch of fun things. Let's see what happens. Sure. And you could be like, let's try this song instead of like, we're going to learn this song or like, what do you Mm -hmm. think about this? Or what do you like? Watch your kid, see what they, what resonates with them. You're going to be more successful running in that direction and then as far as, uh, you know, what what's going to excite them and motivate them to continue playing. Yeah. yeah. So. This has been so helpful. I'm like literally going to go back and listen to this episode myself to like be like, okay, now what do I do with my son? Because I'm still like, I don't work starting guitar lessons and I'm very excited about it, but I really don't want it to feel... I need it to feel child-led. Like that's just something yeah. that I feel sure. so passionate about. Yeah. Um. And I have a million more questions for you. So you'll have to just come oh, yeah. back and we'll Oh, yeah, we'll more. do it again for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And again, like sometimes, you know, you got to make sure the kid's comfortable too, depending on how big they are, even to the size of their hands, to the, you know, instrument they're playing. I've seen that a million times too. Sometimes kids just don't have the right instrument and it's not even been uh, taken care of. Like uh, to use guitar, for example, like the way a guitar is set up, it's neck alone. The way a setup is like how far the strings are off the neck, right? So uh-huh. A lot of guitars that come out of the factory are just, they're, they're just factory. They, they knock them out. There's, there's, they've never been set up really. So it can be really difficult to play. I've met adults who are like, yeah, I've had a guitar under my bed for 20 years because I tried for six months and it hurt my hands so bad. I couldn't do it. So like, well, cause you have to have it set up. There's little things you can do. You take it to a music shop, have them set it up. All of a sudden, you know, all my guitars, like they're set up in such a way where the strings are, are just, just off the neck. So it's not, it shouldn't be painful to play the instrument. You know what I'm saying? And that these things like this make a difference. They do. Okay. Sometimes you can have a faulty instrument. I mean, it happens, you know? So yeah. those are things to check on too. If you're, if you're a child struggling, you might want to check on different things. Maybe it's uh, it, it, this happens a lot with guitar because guitar is a, is a, a lot of dexterity goes into it. It's not an easy instrument to play. Um, a lot of times what I'll, I'll suggest for younger kids is um, if the guitar seems like a struggle, try ukulele. Ukuleles mm-hmm. are, they're smaller, you know, they're easy. You can play some of the chords on a ukulele. You can play with one finger, right? So it's not like you're going to spend, you can, you can get some songs going pretty quickly without having to spend months and months and months just to figure out how to play a chord. Yeah. And then maybe if they're into that and the ukulele is going great, well, maybe then you use that as a stepping stone to guitar. No, just different ideas. Yeah. No, that's so helpful to think about too. Because I think as parents who are not musically inclined, like I love to listen to music and I appreciate it deeply and it's a big part of our family life. I cannot play an instrument to save my life because I tried everything when I was little and I just, I just never stuck for me. I'm not, I would never know that like, okay, you need to get your guitar like kind of set up to fit your hands and to fit your, also your like hand strength, it sounds like. Uh, for sure and and again like just like you know everybody learns differently well everybody's got different bodies and different strengths and different you know so these are things that you have to think about um when uh especially when you start to take a a particular instrument more seriously you know um guitar can be a lot of things you can grab a full-size guitar and give it to a five-year-old and they're gonna have trouble holding the thing in their hands let alone trying Mm -hmm. to play a play a chord you know what I'm saying? These things do matter. And there are resources out there to um, also for, you know, for all different families and income, uh, income uh, brackets where you can find instruments. Uh, we've done a lot of um, fundraising instrument donation drives and things like that to make sure instruments are available to people. And in fact, uh, if it's ever in doubt or, you know, a family that needs help with something like that, um, there are resources out there or you can go ahead and contact us. Um, and we'll help you figure it out as well. It's something that's very important to us. And we've done, um, for years, we've, uh, we've done uh, many, many, uh, instrument drives donation wise. Um, there's, there's things you can do to make sure we can get instruments in kids hands. It's, it's actually something I'm very passionate about. And I think it's very important. That's amazing. If people want to find out more about that and get in touch with you about that, how can they do that? 
Um, they can go ahead and email me directly at uh, Mark Joseph American Soul at Gmail, and I'm sure we can post the email there on yeah. uh, on the bio and stuff. And, yeah, anybody's got questions, I'm happy to help. It's it's you know, this is not what I do every day in my life, but I can certainly help point you in the right direction. And we know the people out there that can help get uh, get you going in the right direction, and maybe even answer some questions. That happens a lot too. I'll have uh, parents asking uh, questions for their young guitar players like, wow, I'm struggling with this or what's working. I mean, I'm happy to help. What a great resource. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so, uh, thank you. so excited to thank share you. this Thanks episode with all me. my friends yes. from home. Be like, yeah. guess who was on the podcast? <laughs> Keep up all the good work, Sarah. You're doing great, great stuff. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation on many levels. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. One of the things I most love about music is how uniting it can be, which is not unlike parenting. We all want the best for our kids, and there are so many different ways of achieving that. I really loved hearing how resilient Mark was when he faced expectations of a society that didn't align with the way that he approached music and learning and how he stayed true to his passion of being a musician. He wondered what would have happened if he hadn't been so strong and instead sort of succumbed to his doubts. But here's the thing, that strength that Mark referred to, it's not something people either have or they don't. Resilience is a muscle. And just like the physical muscles in our body, we can really work to strengthen them in ourselves and in our kids. If you're interested in more about resilience, I've created a free guide called Fostering Resilience from Birth. And this guide walks you through behavior shifts that you can make yourself as the parent rather than trying to change the way our kids are behaving or thinking in the moment. And in this guide, I give you sort of actual phrases that you can swap out when you're talking to your kids. And of course, explain the why behind the swaps. That way you aren't just sort of reading off a script. Instead, you're learning the psychology behind these shifts so you can adapt them to fit any situation that might arise. If you want to understand the building blocks of resilience so you can help your child tolerate distress, develop a growth mindset, and increase self-esteem, check out this free guide. I think you'll like it. You can go to my website, drsarahbren.com. That's D-R-S-A-R-A-H-B-R-E-N.com and click on the resources tab to download the guide. And don't forget to follow, like, and rate the podcast to help us spread the word to more parents just like you. Thanks for listening, and don't be a stranger. Mm-hmm.